0: Broadcasting around the world on International Shortwave and on the Radio Disclosure Radio Network. I'm your host, Matt Aaron, and tonight we're going to venture across the pond. We're going to go to Scotland. My guest, Ron Holiday, he's, he's an expert. This is what he's been doing. He's been chasing down the UFOs down in that area. Ron, welcome to the program. How are you this lovely evening or morning, wherever you may be in the in the absolute world? How are you?
1: I'm great, thanks, Matt. Looking forward
0: to chatting to you. So before we get started, and before we talk a little bit about who you are in the sense of UFOs, Tell us a little about who Ron Holiday is and how did you get involved in the research on unidentified flying objects? Yeah,
1: thanks, Matt. Yeah, well, I've been investigating supernatural UFOs for uh, over 30 years now. You know, I started off, my, my grandmother, she was a medium, or no, she was psychic, so she was... Forever seeing spirits of the dead, so I kind of got interested in the whole supernatural thing from a, from an early age, you know. And uh, I started off; I was interested in ghosts and porter guys, but through meeting people and meeting people that had UFO encounters, I got really interested in that whole subject. And uh, you know, I started writing books about UFOs. So I got in, you know, kind of round the side wave, you know what i mean but uh, i've spent a lot of time investigating sightings and speaking to witnesses in scotland
0: that's absolutely amazing so you've spent almost a whole lifetime doing this um have you yourself encountered anything in the paranormal side of things
1: well In my involvement with various uh, mediums and psychics, you know, I've seen some very strange things. You know, outside the UFO thing, I've obviously spent um, nights in haunted houses and that kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, like a lot of people, I've seen strange lights in the sky as well, you know, things that can't obviously be identified. So, you know, across the whole range of paranormal, I've seen various things which have really excited my interest and... You know, prove to me that, uh, you know, there really is something unexplained out there.
0: So I'm going to ask a loaded question. And the question comes from some of the um. crazy things that I've encountered myself. Do you find that UFOs and alien abductions and ghosts all seem to run together?
1: Yeah, I I would absolutely say so, yeah. But I think there is a connection between the whole range of the paranormal. I'm not sure exactly what that is, you know, but, I mean, you get people seeing what you might say are UFOs for a very, very short space of time, or people seeing UFOs that you can actually see through, you know, right through them. So, which reminds you of ghostly sightings so yeah i'd agree with you i mean i i think there really is some connection between the whole range of the you know paranormal phenomena
0: do you find that um, uh, maybe in your area of the world uh in scotland that there might be more activity uh with some of the history some of the 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 stuff that's there that you especially how long it's been there versus maybe somewhere like the united states
1: yeah, I mean, t- yeah, I know, but, I mean, if you, you know, just turn the history of the United States, you might think that, you know, there's been lots of traditions among the Native Americans about strange supernatural events, and, you know, the same is true in Scotland, where you've got historical events stretching back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly Scotland, if you look at the range of supernatural phenomena, you know, loch monsters, ghosts, Poltergeist UFO sightings, a whole range of things. Yeah, I mean, there's been a long history of the supernatural in Scotland. Um, uh, maybe that's down to, I don't know whether it's the nature of the land or the nature of the people that lived here. Yeah, but there's a lot of supernatural tradition stretching back a
0: long, long way. So if you were to talk about, obviously UFOs is the thing. That that we want to discuss here in just a moment. But if you were to say that there was another type of phenomenon that was there in Scotland that is by far the biggest that people are investigating, looking at, uh, uh, trying to find, and you've been involved in it, what would you say that would be?
1: Yeah, well, I would say that would be ghosts and poltergeists. Outside the UFO area, yeah, there's been a lot of interest in, you know, reports of phantoms, strange happenings in a whole range of buildings and outside buildings as well. So, yeah, I mean, if, you know, there's a lot of interest in UFOs, apart from that, there's a lot of interest in the ghosts, poltergeist type of thing and of course we also have the loch monsters you know loch ness which has excited a lot of interest so yeah i mean you know around about those three things i guess there was a lot of focus a lot of attention in the media on on
0: those particular subjects so before i ask you to tell a story how many books do you have out right now
1: I have out nine books at the moment, Matt.
0: Wow. Um, where can people find them and get them?
1: Well, in the USA, yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be off Amazon. That would be the place to go to 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 to, to get them. Either as you know, you can either you know get them as a download, obviously, or as a or, or as a hard copy.
0: Is there so if you were to go to Amazon, what what do people need to search to? to find you
1: yeah well ron halliday that's ron r-o-n and then halliday h-a-l-l-i-d-a-y so if you put that into search engine you know come up with um come up with my list of books
0: so in the united states i i have to bring this up because i'm a huge braveheart fan and when we come back um here just in a minute from the break um the story of William Wallace. Uh, somebody, somebody else told me that there was some supernatural events actually surrounding the real William Wallace.
1: Absolutely, and I'll just say that you know I live just a few, a few miles from the actual area where William Wallace was active. In. So, yes, I know this area pretty well. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot, of, you know, he he had this kind of um uh, reputation of having almost, you know, supernatural powers. And there were various stories associated with him. For example, one where he was confronted by a headless knight who, as it were, came out of a castle and attacked him and chased him. And uh, he had this vision where he saw a kind of ball coming down from the sky he got into a church and went into a kind of trance almost like a sh- shamanistic kind of thing mm-hmm. and he saw this ball of light coming down and out this ball of light there came this woman with a sword which she gave to him so you know there were there were these kind of supernatural stories associated with William Wallace and I think you know they were probably handed down by tradition they weren't written down for maybe a, you know, a century but I mean I think they were part of oral tradition that was passed down and then you know written down eventually
0: that's amazing so do you think that you're talking about the sword and all that so it sounds like there was definitely some sort of supernatural events that took place how much different is the real story than the actual movie was
1: well, I mean, I think you know, I think the the, the you know the movie was you know reasonably a- a- accurate in the general kind of um, uh, way it portrayed you know, Wallace as this person who was, you know, leading the defence of Scotland against England. So, yeah, I think, in and of course, you know, the execution at the end, I think in general, it kind of followed the, um, you know, followed the path. I mean, not everybody in Scotland agreed with what Wallace was doing. So there was some division. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's a film I've watched myself, you know, many times. And I think it did roughly follow, I mean, obviously, like everything, you know, there's some in historical inaccuracies. But by and large, I think it kind of followed the true story of what happened.
0: Well, Ron, when we come back from the break, I'm going to have you uh, talk about UFOs in Scotland and what that all details, stories, and haunts. This is Radio Disclosure. Welcome back to Radio Disclosure. We're talking with Ron Holiday. He's in Scotland. He's going to tell us some stories. And, and listen, folks, we're only going to touch the tip of what his research has done. He has nine books out. And if you want to find his books, you can get them from Amazon. Type in Ron Holiday and i i suggest you go get up I, I i was doing some research and i came across him and was reading some of the stories that he has in they're quite incredible so if you want to give a brief history of ufos and i i, I don't know where you want to start uh i'm gonna let you lead that ron
1: Oh, okay, okay, Matt. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, UFO sightings are reported in Scotland as far back as, you know, 1947, when we had the famous, you know, Kenneth Arnold encounter in the USA. But, I mean, that kind of thing seems to have spread pretty rapidly. And the very first sighting I have recorded occurred in July 1947, when a man at a bus stop, looking up in the sky, he saw what looked like a disc-shaped object which came down and inside you could see there was a actual individual controlling this disc-shaped object. So, I mean, I'll just mention that briefly to show that, you know, from an early time there were reports of UFOs in Scotland. But, <clears throat> excuse me, since then we've had a range of um, objects and encounters reported. I mean, one of the ones that uh, are particularly Found interesting was told to me by a woman who became a social worker, a social care worker, and this happened to her when she was 10 years old. She lived out in the country on a farm, and she used to take a walk into the woods, you know, and she'd take a picnic with her, and this particular day, she went into the woods, headed towards the usual spot, Then suddenly she was confronted by several small blue-coloured beings. This is a story she told me. She looked at these beings, they stared at her and she was actually frozen to the spot, she couldn't move. And then the next thing that happened was that a beam of light came down and she was lifted up by this beam of light into what seemed to be a kind of spaceship. And there some kind of examination was conducted of her by some strange looking beings and then she was beamed back down to the ground. When she came back to the ground, she just regained, you know, she the paralysis went away, she ran all the way home. And when she got home, she thought she'd only been away for a short time. But when she got home, she discovered that her parents were about to call the police because she'd been away for several hours. They'd no idea where she got to. And afterwards, she got a bit ill, she felt a bit funny for a couple of days. And this experience you know, stayed with her for the rest of her life. And when I interviewed her some years later, what she was concerned about, she had a daughter by then, and she was concerned that a daughter, you know, might go through this same kind of abduction experience that uh, she'd had. And the thing that had triggered all this off, this memory off again, and the reason why she called me in to, to talk about it to her, was she'd seen this Egyptian, like an Egyptian head of Anubis, you know, a dog-jackal-shaped creature. She's seen a head of that floating through a window. And uh, this is, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole story is really absolutely... You know, uh, incredible, and you, you get this. Mi- this is what this is what interests me, Matt. You get this mixture of what you might say is like a traditional, you know, folk tale of people in the past meeting strange fairy-like or um, you know nature spirits kind of thing. Then you've got that mixed with this appearance of what must have been some kind of UFO which beamed her up. So I mean, I, I've all found that case you know, absolutely fascinating.
0: So. I wonder how many of these stories that you've collected have an extreme common theme to where there's a beam of light, the color of the skin of the alien, the experience of what was performed on them, all of that. You say you've got nine books and you've been doing this research. Uh, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, my thoughts on that, Matt, are there are so many different um, incidents that people have experienced. You know, I mean, you know, there seems to be such a variety of UFOs reported, you know, all shapes and sizes. I mean, there is some common things, obviously. You know, I mean, you get black, black triangular shaped objects being reported for a while you know people have seen disc shaped objects they've seen long you know I've had people reporting you know Toblerone shaped objects pyramidical shaped objects so I mean there's, there's quite a variety of events people have experienced and people have seen different types of aliens aliens that look like robots you know aliens that look like small Creatures, I mean the blue-coloured ones I mentioned. Told, you know, I mean, there's such a variety, Matt, that I mean I, I can't believe that people are making all these experiences up. But why there is such a variety of things, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about. But I mean, it does suggest, you know, that uh, there is such a strange, um, you know, maybe parallel world, worlds or dimensions out there where all these uh, all these things are coming from.
0: So here's an interesting question that has been posed to me from several different people that I've talked to that are in the research that you're into. Um, There's been several people who have told me that when they invoke the name of Jesus during the time frame of the alien abduction experience, that the alien abduction experience ceases to happen and it's over with have you heard any stories like this
1: Uh, I haven't heard I mean I've heard people encountering you know Jesus like beings but I haven't heard anybody who said that they've said something you know whether it's Jesus or, or something else like that and the the experience has stopped um, I, yeah, I mean that's, I mean, if that has happened, that seems phenomenal. But I mean, that would suggest that if that is the case that we are dealing with something maybe which is you know evil or something like that. And some of the incidents that people have gone through, you know, have been very unpleasant. But uh, other cases, people haven't felt the experiences have been unpleasant. So yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean if people have had that kind of um, result from doing that, then yeah, I'm you know, interested to hear that.
0: So out of your nine years, that was one of the, your most interesting. You said intriguing stories that you've done. What is another intriguing story or an event that you wanna you wanna share with us?
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've got plenty of uh, cases that I've come across over the years. I mean, one of the ones that's been researched quite well concerned to uh, men, uh, Colin Wood, sorry, Gary Wood and Colin Wright, and they were driving along a road just outside Edinburgh and they came to this bend in the road and above this bend in the road there was a bright light and they came towards it and they wondered what on earth that light was because it was so bright then they drove through the light accelerated through it and the next thing they remembered was carrying on down the road at a tremendous speed and they were heading out to a house where they were going to install uh, you know, one of these Um, big aerials, you know, TV aerial type things. But when they got there, knocked on the door, the house was all in darkness, and the people came to the door, and, you know, they said, what are you doing? You know, it's midnight. And they were supposed to be, yeah, they were supposed to have been there at ten o'clock. So it's really, really strange. So anyway... One of them, Gary, he had particular, you know, he got quite disturbed. I mean, he started having these weird dreams and, uh, you know, felt there were presences in the room. And eventually he went under hypnosis. I know, you know, hypnosis can be controversial. But when he went under hypnosis, this story came out. Now, when they went under this beam of light, they'd been lifted up into some kind of spaceship. And there they'd had these various... Uh, medical-type examinations conducted. they seen tall, thin beings and small beings, and they said there were other people there as well. And this kind of story came out, you know, under hypnosis. But Gary, he was so relieved that he'd found, you know, some explanation as to what had happened to them. And, uh, you know, given that there was two of them there, and they'd both shared these, this experience, then obviously it gave some kind of... Um, you know, they supported each other's account. So, that, I mean, that was quite a convincing story. But Gary, he was sure, or he had this idea, that instead of being lifted up into a actual UFO, you know, he'd been taken down to an underground base. And this fitted in with somebody else who lived fairly nearby, who I uh, uh, chatted to. And he thought that, well, he'd seen a UFO above the house. He suspected that uh, some alien entities had come into the house, and he had been taken away as well. And he thought that he'd been taken into an underground base. And this was in the same area. So that was, you know, that was interesting that you get people which had these... Uh, abduction experiences who thought that maybe instead of being taken up into a spacecraft they'd actually been taken underground to some secret base.
0: That is... That brings a lot of uh, credence to the theory that maybe they're actually going to a different dimension. We come back I'm going to ask Ron about what the common theme is to the happy experiences that people have. I'm curious about that. This is Radio Disclosure. Welcome back to Radio Disclosure. Our guest is Ron Holliday. joins us from Scotland tonight. He's telling us some interesting abduction stories. And he said that out of the book, or nine books he has, it's a lot of research. And folks, if you're interested in his research, you can find it on Amazon. Go get his books. Okay. They're good. All right. Ron, what do you How's have that? to say about the happy experiences that people have had being taken?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, some people who've had these experiences, you know, they feel they've seen something. You know, exciting out of this world. And I'll I'll, I'll talk about one particular chap, Bob Taylor, which is probably Scotland's um, best known uh, UFO UFO encounter. Just to give the brief details, I mean, he was a forestry worker and he was doing his rounds through the woods just out near Edinburgh and he came across this hovering object and he could see through part of this object, but other parts of it looked quite solid. And as he stood there watching it, two spiky balls came out of this object. They rolled towards him, grabbed hold of his trousers, and then he passed out. Oh, my. And the next thing, yeah, he passed out. And, And, you know, when he came to, you know, he staggered back home, and his wife wondered what on earth had happened to him. Couldn't get his lorry started, so he had to walk home. And when he got home, his wife, you know, she wondered, because his trousers were ripped and he was looking a bit bashed, you know, she called the police. So there was actually a police search of the woods to see if they could see if anything had happened. And they found these marks just in the ground, just where... Bob said this object had been. But, you know, you're asking about how people felt about it, they felt it was a good experience, and he was, you know, to the end of his days, he died just a few years ago, to the end of his days, he saw this as something really exciting. I mean, he thought it'd been almost a privilege that he'd had this experience and seen something that was out of this world. And, you know, another case... A woman in a house. She heard this strange noise and saw this beam of light came in through the top of the house. And through this beam of light, there stood a kind of glowing figure. You know, she said it looked Jesus-like. Um, and to her, this was another exciting. You know, this was a really exciting experience. Something she felt was uplifting. She connected it to UFO because she thought she'd seen a UFO outside the house just before she encountered this individual so you know i know people have had bad experiences with ufos but i mean not it's not a bad experience for everybody you know some people really find it quite uplifting and feel they've had something you know it's always been a privilege to see to have seen what they saw
0: so out of the nine books have you ever had a scenario where somebody has been abducted been taken up and then they've been given some kind of message?
1: I, I don't know if anybody's been given any you know, obvious message. You know, I mean, I know that uh, that's happened in certain cases, but I'm not aware of it having happened in Scotland. At least nobody's reported to me that they've had any particular message. Now, the, one of the cases I've just been talking about where that individual encountered the Jesus-like figure. I mean, she had some sort of telepathic, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't a proper message. It was something like just, you know, peace, or be peaceful, you know, something like that. But it was nothing like saying, you know, we are looking after, you know, the people on Earth. There's been nothing as specific as that, that I'm actually aware of anyway.
0: So, in the instance of ufo showing up in government how does the scotland government handle these cases uh you know in the united states we're kind of like oh we're going to release information here soon and all this crazy stuff that these guys are doing how does the scotland government approach this as a either national security or whatever
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's an organisation which covers the UK, and that includes Scotland, um, called the Ministry of Defence. And the Ministry of Defence, for decades, claimed that they were not interested in UFOs, that they were not, um, if you like... Noting UFO reports, but uh, about you know, 15 years ago, after kind of denying it for about you know 50 years, they suddenly turned around and admitted, yeah, oh yeah, that they were actually interested in UFO sightings, and so interested that they'd actually kept records of sightings that they'd been that had been reported to them, including radar sightings. So yeah, so you know the the government. So the UK government held back for years and did not release information about UFO sightings but they have in recent years released some, what you might say, less exciting UFO reports which makes you think that they might be concealing more detailed or more interesting or more close encounter reports. So, yeah, I mean, I I, you know, I think there's still a lot to come out. I mean, you know, we do have a Freedom of Information Act in the U.K., but, uh, you know, anybody who's used these know that it's not necessarily easy to get the kind of details you want. And if, you know, governments, to, governments want to hold back reports, yeah, they can easily do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. The, the crazy thing is, in the United States we have of people who firmly believe 100% that UFOs exist and this is the 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 whole thing you know and they believe it lock stock and barrel and then you have your people who really don't believe it so much and then so I mean how is your guys's culture there at this point accepting of the facts that there are so many reports and there's so many similarities with these reports that it would almost be near to impossible to train all these people to lie. What, what how does your culture view that at this point? Yeah,
1: I mean I think you know part of the problem is that uh, because it's such you know it seems so incredible it goes against the kind of thing that you're taught in schools and so on, you know, that there can't be UFOs, that, you know, the world can be so easily explained. But I think there is a general interest in, you know, UFO sightings. I mean, you know, when it's splashed across the papers, you know, if there's a good UFO report, I mean, there's constant, if you like, incidents being reported. But I think there's a there's always this mixture of scepticism. I mean, you get some people obviously firmly believe in it, I think there's some scepticism, but I would say even during the period that I've been involved, you know, that uh, more and more people have been thinking, well, you know, maybe there is something to all these reports that, uh, you know, people can't be going around and making them up and people don't have any, um, you know, not getting anything out of any particular gain in making a report, you know, because sometimes people get, you know, mocked Mocked at, laughed at for making these claims, and you know, they've nothing to gain by it. So, I mean, I do think there's a more general acceptance that things that people thought maybe weren't, if you like, part of our natural world could in fact exist and especially with you know all the more modern scientific views about the existence of parallel universes and possibly other dimensions so i think you know the ufo thing in terms of something that might be multi-dimensional i think that has made people think a little bit more that these reports might actually be of incidents that have occurred and there's really something quite strange out there so, the way you
0: keep bringing up multi dimensional, um, the way you, you've brought it up multiple times, I must ask um, is that something that comes from your research that you believe that that is the case, that everything, it, we're just going between dimensions?
1: I think that is one, you know, serious possibility, you know, because, I mean, you know, it is part of science's uh you know possibility i mean scientists have said that uh, there could be other dimensions there could be other uh, other universes or multi-universes even so i mean if you think that people's encounters often are for example quite short or in Sometimes quite detailed, which suggests that maybe what we're doing is that we're maybe interacting with another other, dimension. So people see something inexplicable. Like, I mean, there was a chap I interviewed who'd been standing at a bus stop and he saw what he described as a kind of flying carriage. This was in Glasgow, it's a city where, you know, a million people. They saw this flying carriage just going 20 feet above him you know, and it with blazing sort of um, smoke coming out of the back and it sailed over the top of him and disappeared into the distance and he assumed that, you know, there'd be reports in the newspaper, in the media, masses of people would have seen it. But not a single person seems to have seen it apart from him, which suggests that somehow people occasionally you know almost see for some reason scenes another dimension or there's like a window into another dimension for a short period of time and that's an explanation for why these things occur just you know from time to time in different areas and people at different times get the opportunity to, to see it. So, yeah, I think it is one explanation. I mean, you know, people might have other ideas, sure. But uh, I, I think, you know, that's a real possibility.
0: When we come back, we're going to talk some more about different dimensions with Ron Holiday. 1-833-880-9899. one we will be back. This is Radio Disclosure. Different worlds, different dimensions. Ron holiday as our guest he's got nine different books talking about the theory of UFOs coming from different dimensions different places some experience is good there seems to be a common theme that most of them have not been good he joins us from Scotland and you told me during the break you have an interesting story that you want to share that is could be hair curling
1: yeah matt i uh spent two years with a medium a chap called ray todd in edinburgh capital of scotland and i attended these seances with him and uh for every seance, I wrote down a report. So it was all documented. You know, and Ray ran me up out of the blue one day because i had some stories in the local papers. Rang me up and said, do you want to see an alien? And of course, you say to yourself, God, is this for real? See an alien? You know, I couldn't believe it anyway. I was interested enough to go along. Now, Ray, he was a medium. So he was bringing through spirits of the dead. So from an early time with them, various faces started appearing, and these faces appeared as three-dimensional faces, you know, they came through, we'd sit there, I'd sit opposite with him, and he would kind of meditate, and then these faces would start appearing, and some of them were of uh, obviously dead human beings, but other ones were of alien faces, you know, scaly faces, Faces that looked almost gorilla-like. Now hold on. on.
0: You you said scaly faces. Now, do you mean like when the faces like? Did the face actually physically change?
1: Yeah. What would happen was that this face would appear over his face. Oh my! Right. Yeah. So it would look. You know, it would look solid, and so if you looked at it. I mean, I was only a few feet away with away from him. You know, maybe three, four, five, you know, five feet, maybe away from him. And this was in this was in bright light that these events happened. You know, so there was no trickery or anything like that. We just sat there. When I looked at him, he would kind of meditate, and then these faces would appear. So these alien faces would come, and you know, they. The thing was, they ne- they never looked threatening. My other other faces appeared as well. These were just, you know, some of the faces I've But they never looked threatening. They looked as if they were curious, as if they were saying to you, you know, look, I'm here, you know, just to let you know that human beings are not the only beings in this universe. And I wondered, you know, I I thought, God, this is odd, because he's bringing through all these various faces of people who are supposedly dead. But are these aliens actually dead aliens? Or are these alien faces coming through from other dimensions? You know, are these, if you like, real beings who are projecting into our dimension from another dimension? So, I mean, I... And I think, overall, the... What I, I got out of this was, look, you know, we are all part of this universe. Who are, who are the aliens? Are the humans the aliens? You know, are the aliens, uh, if you like, the real people? I mean, yeah, I just found it quite, and I, I wrote about that in my book, Alien Spirits, question mark. And the question mark was, I was saying, well, are these spirits of dead aliens, or are they actual, you know, alien protections from other dimensions? Yeah, Alien Spirits was the book I wrote about that.
0: So you have this medium, and you have an entire book on this, and there's, he's sitting there, he's meditating, and I guess the first question that I would ask is, how do you sit in the room whenever there's a face implanted on top of somebody else's face, and you can physically see that? That, that would just scare me. But I guess, the, like, you have this medium, he's sitting there. What is it that you guys talk about? we well we
1: used to chat some time to time and talk about all this but he was so used to doing it you know he didn't think it was anything out of the anything out of the ordinary i mean he was phenomenal as a medium and i have to say you know you're sitting there and the whole room would almost dis- sometimes he would dissolve almost disappear you just left with this kind of face looking at you and the whole room would move and sometimes part of that would dissolve and you almost felt that you were moving you know the moving the whole room was moving into another dimension yeah I mean I just I just find it fascinating and I know I didn't find it disturbing I was really quite intrigued by it all and um, you know I'd like to have uh, gone on and on with it but um you know, Ray was, uh, yeah, I think he he was getting exhausted with the amount of time we were spending doing it, and uh, yeah, I, I you know I think we had to call it a day eventually, which was unfortunate, but um, I don't think it was doing his health any good. Uh, it uh, yeah it was it was it was just fascinating you know and often I, I mean to be honest with you hardly a day goes by when I don't think about those those images those faces that I saw and I wish I could go back and do it again and uh, just carry on and see where it where the whole thing went to because I wondered, you know would we ourselves just end up going into another dimension because well, one time we just seemed to go right through something and then. we came to what was um, almost like, oh, God, it was so peaceful, you know? It was such a peaceful kind of place. And I thought, gee, this is what heaven must be like. And I'm not making this up, but I mean, this this is what actually happened to me. And, you know, I just was sitting there in this chair, almost surrounded by what seemed like just an incredible peace, you know? And I've never experienced, I never have experienced anything like it, you know? You know, and if heavens like that, then yeah, I'm sure it'll be all good for us.
0: <laughs> so the the question that I would pose is, is when these faces are implanted on top of his, were you able to communicate with these entities?
1: I didn't try to communicate and they didn't try to communi- communicate. You know, you maybe he'd get some thoughts. I mean, if something would appear, you maybe get a thought in your head, you know, alien or something like that. But I don't think there was any ever communication, any communication. Um, Ray seemed to get some, you know, and these uh, had appeared afterwards, you know, because this would go on maybe for like bursts, a few minutes at a time and then it would die down almost like a kind of engine going through a cycle then it would start to build up again you know and then you get more faces appearing sometimes you'd get a rush so i think he was getting some kind of contact i never spoke to them I, I, I could have tried but you know I, di- I didn't i never wanted to break the contact and you know, these things would go by, you'd maybe see an alien face, you know, that would be for a few seconds, then something else would appear, and then maybe get another alien face, so it was kind of like a rapid succession type of thing, you know, and I didn't, try to communicate you know when i think back as i have done obviously quite often i say to myself gosh why didn't i try to communicate you know why didn't i say something to them but uh yeah i just i don't know it just you know just wasn't that kind of um yeah it wasn't just wasn't that kind of situation
0: yeah i that's that all into itself is a is is something that that's that's incredible They. The art of being a medium, that is something I would not want to be myself. I mean, to, to the thought of having something imprint itself on top of myself. Ooh, that sends chills down my spine. I, I, I can't help it. So, Ron, if people are interested in your research, uh, once again, they can go to Amazon. And what are the, some of the names of, of your books and some of the subjects that you've written on? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, there's a book called UFO Scotland, and, um, and that obviously covers UFOs. The book Alien Spirits is quite a short book, I'll say that, but it covers all the seances I documented with the medium Ray Todd. I've got a book called Famous Scots and the Supernatural, and that covers things like the, uh, you know, William Wallace. And a whole range of people that uh, you know. You know, people might have heard of John Logie Baird, you know, and TV. And so there's a whole range of things in that book. And there's also a book called MacX Scotland's X Files, and the A to Z of Paranormal Scotland, Evil Scotland, and um, yeah, is that the lot? I'm trying to think. Maybe I've missed one out there, have I? Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's enough to keep everybody going, Matt. <laughs> if, if if anybody buys one or some of those, will be more than happy. I can tell you.
0: <laughs> well, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. And um, again, Ron Holiday is his name. And I'll tell you the the seance of what he just described. That's I'm going to be thinking about that tonight when I go to bed. We want to say thank you to WTWW International Shortwave Station for carrying us. And if you're listening on a local affiliate, we also want to say thank you to that radio station for carrying us. If you have a comment or question or want to disclose something to us or want to suggest a guest, call us at 1-833-880-9899. That's 1-833-880-9899. Thank you for listening. This is was Radio Disclosure.